Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's feature, hey, you gave me the same thing. Oh. Oh, it's Critters 2 and Leprechaun 2. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. He, like, he does this weird thing where if it's wet outside, he doesn't want to poop. <laughs> like, so he just, like, he just walks around in a circle. Mm. Yeah, I let my dog out earlier. She pooped twice in the same... The same session. Double poop. Yeah. She I gotta, get, I gotta get a dog so I can join in these conversations. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I'll tell you what, after the first couple of days of uh, training class, massive improvement. Yeah. Get them in, get them in line? A little bit. You know, I had to go with the pinch color, which I don't normally uh, approve of, but it's made a, like, 100% difference immediately. 100%? So that means he's cured? Well, meaning he doesn't try to break my wrist every time I walk him. Okay. I like that this drastic improvement still has you calling him a butthole. It doesn't say much for what it was like before. <laughs> no, that's just that's just the normal he's a butthole, but I love him type of stuff. He also likes to, we have a teeny tiny love seat, and he wants to lay like on top of me. So if I'm curled up on this uncomfortable love seat, he will like force his way onto the love seat and like like lay across my entire body so that he will also fit on the love seat. Well, I, I don't know what I, I was talking to somebody about something the other day and it was like not available. And I was like, how can things not be available? Like somebody owns the rights to everything. If nothing else, fucking upload it to your YouTube channel and monetize it and make a couple of pennies every now and again, rather than let it sit in a shelf somewhere and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking get it. I totally understand certain movies. Like, they just, uh, Ghostbusters just got added back to Netflix again, which is good. But it wasn't on there around Christmas time, which would be angry. But for something like that, putting it on YouTube doesn't make them anywhere near as much money as. Yeah. But, you know, but, that, but that's available in lots of other formats. Yeah. I'm talking about movies that are just not readily available through, like, the top couple of streaming services. Oh yeah, you're talking about like like uh, rare VHS and that kind of stuff. All that kind, of, anything like that. Anything that's basically, if it's not on Netflix, these people should be throwing it up on you on their own YouTube channels, trying to make it a little bit off of it. Otherwise, people are just going to find ways to steal it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what Paramount did. They have a shit, shit ton of the movies up on their yeah. uh, YouTube. And then they blocked it in Canada, the fuckers. <laughs> that's Trump's fault. That's the other thing, man. I It is 2018. These guys got to get their heads out of their asses and start signing global distribution deals. You yeah. put it on Netflix, it should be on Netflix everywhere. You put it on fucking wherever. Any service, it should be available across the world. I shouldn't be fucking driving and lose access to a movie that I started this morning. Yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't quite understand like why we still have region stuff anymore. It even, for, sense. even for like physical media at this point, it's just like you can get you know, you can get a region free Blu ray player, you can get whatever movie you want just by going to that country's Amazon. Yep. I think it's one of those that are just so entrenched they just don't want to give it up now. Yeah, if they would actually try to adapt to the modern technology rather than try to fight it, it'd go a mm-hmm. lot smoother. Yeah. Like that commercial, have you seen the commercial? I forget what it's for. But it's like they're talking about how you have to learn to adapt quicker in business and it's like a boardroom in nineteen ninety six and they're talking about the internet and the guy the guys complaining because the internet is preventing them from selling CDs and the one, the one person stands up and says like why don't we adjust and start trying to put our stuff out on the internet if that's how the customers want it the guys like, well how will that help us sell CDs <laughs> it's like <laughs> and I feel like it's played as the joke but it's not a joke because that's yeah. really what happens in the entertainment industry yeah yeah that's that's very sad yeah uh, all right, Doug, since you're the one who came up with this pairing, why don't you tell us uh, what we're going to be watching this week? Well, I mean, we, we gave the spiel last week about why we picked these movies. It's mostly a tribute to our favorite prop maker um, mm-hmm. and sort of our way of giving him a little credit since he's usually uncredited. So this is the Michael W. Moore show. We sort of randomly selected from his ridiculously long IMDb list uh, Leprechaun 2 and Critters 2. Because we thought, whatever, those are movies that people might like to watch. And they both have two in the title, so that makes them go together a little bit, I guess. But other than that, no real reason to go with these ones. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much about the the only thing. I mean, there's no other real, like, connective uh, tissue that would make us pick those, so. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, but like I say, just trying to give credit to somebody who deserves it. <laughs> um, so, what do we want to do here? Anybody want to pick one and give the plot description of it? Uh, I'll go with Critters 2. Alright. Um, so, following up from Critters, uh, Bradley Brown, the little redheaded kid from the first one, apparently has moved off I'm assuming to go to college, but there's no real, like... I got the impression his whole family left. and it was, He was yeah. just... It's just his grandmother. That, so the whole family maybe just... The the incidents of critters are, was just a little much for them. And they're like, ah, I don't really want to be in this town anymore. <laughs> I guess I can understand that. Yeah. So he uh, he's coming back to visit his grandmother. Um, of course, on the bus, gets told by the wise bus driver about uh this uh weird incident that happened with those ufos the little porcupine things um 
which of course we all know is Critters One. Uh, so he comes back to town um, to visit his grandma. Turns out that he, uh, the critters, before they died, laid a bunch of eggs in, I'm assuming, his barn? I believe so. Uh, I think that's what they were trying to uh, insinuate. Although when they showed the barn, it did not remind me whatsoever of his barn, but what are you going to oh, do? I don't know. I grew up in the city. It was a barn. They're all the same to me. <laughs> uh, so, of course, uh, these eggs are found by the local hoodlum, Wesley, who tricks the antique guy into giving him a case of beer for him. And, of course, those get sold to children. Because, guess what? Critters 2 is an Easter movie. And so the children at the local church uh, Easter egg hunt are going to paint them and then hide them. And, of course, all of them hatch at very inconvenient times. And uh, critters start taking over the town. Um, we get to see Lynn Shay uh, reprise her role. And the funny thing is, I haven't watched these two back-to-back for so long that I'd never remembered her in part one, but did remember her from part two. It's funny because she changes jobs in between. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Just moves on to the... Uh, she moves on to whatever business is going to play a central role in the next movie. <laughs> Uh, I hope she shows up in Critters Three as like the landlady, and we just—I just completely forgot. I don't know. No Next time I watch out. it, there's no way to find out. So, no. Um. So, uh, of course, since Bradley's dealt with them before, he's ready, and of course, Ugg and Lee with Charlie and Toe are told uh, exposition-wise from the fat floating alien from the first movie that there's still critters on earth so they show up just in time Lee uh, takes the shape of a playboy playmate and then super nerdy guy and then back to playboy playboy playmate and then uh, yeah then it's just blowing up critters by super nerdy guy you mean Eddie Deason of course the super nerdy guy also known as Mandark. It's also known as Eddie Deason. Also known as Eddie Deason and Mandark. <laughs> He'll never not be Mandark for the rest of time. To me, it's just Eddie Deason. The stereotypical nerd in like 80, every 80s movie. Sometimes you guys get so nerdy that I don't know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> you're talking about That's Dexter's Laboratory. Talking about Dexter's Laboratory. All right. Jesus Christ, you fucking Canadian. You never watched Dexter's Laboratory? <laughs> no. Sorry. Sweet, sweet baby. Aww. That's so Canadian. Apologizing for him not watching cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did everybody think of uh, Critters 2? Noah, you go. Critters 2 is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Everything is one of your favorite movies. Be more no. specific. No, not joking. Like of of all movies all time, it's top three. It's nice. it's like Day Day of the Dead, Critters Two, and I don't know, Fifth Element maybe. Really, Fifth Element? Man, I love the fucking Fifth Element. <laughs> all right. 
Jean-Patrice Emmanuel Zorg. So, Doug, what did you think of Critters 2? <laughs> um, well, okay, I hadn't seen this one in years. I don't know how many years, but a lot of them. And I was really happy when I watched it. I was like, <laughs> I forgot how hard they turned into the comedy angle for the sequel. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously, not not obviously, but I think the reason they did it is because, like, there's such a weird conveyance of offense that comes along here where they're like, let's have the kid from the first movie who's moved on come back to town on the same day when the critters are going to hatch, on the same day when the fucking <laughs> bounty hunters come back. It's been long enough that, you know, every other character has moved on, but they all have to come back together. It's just a, a ludicrous setup. And ter- like by going hardcore comedy with it, I think they... It's fine, right? Like You don't need to have a more serious plot line than that. No. You don't have to have all that stuff make sense. So The critters become much more like gremlins in this movie. I think than what so. They last, than and they, they did in the last movie. Yeah, it felt more like they were trying to have each critter do its own thing in this movie, too. Like Especially mm-hmm. with the way they were killed. It's like... I don't know. It just felt more like it, it. It just felt more. That's almost the way I want to say it. It's like everything was just amped up. They turned. They turned really hard into the skit. Yeah, and full on. I mean, like you know, like the there was the joke in the last movie about the shape shifting alien that can't quite figure out what form to stay with. But in this one, they add in Charlie trying to constantly get him to go back to the fucking naked chick. <laughs> Which, like, I loved when he was about to turn into Freddy Krueger. And, uh, like, staring at the Freddy Krueger, and you see him start to transform. Transforms into the chick, and then there, you've put, the camera pulls back to Charlie holding up the magazine in front of the Freddy Krueger. <laughs> like, that's amazing. The funny thing is, upon subsequent rewatches, I always thought that, that, that the staple joke wouldn't hold up with the centerfold. <laughs> And it does. Man, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah. You know yeah I, don't th- I don't think I ever got that when I was younger, but when I got older, I'm just like, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, it's been so long since I saw this that it was like seeing it for the first time, and I like laughed out loud when I realized what was happening. <laughs> it was it's funny, because like, I remembered almost nothing about this movie. I had no idea it was took place at Easter. I had no idea that it even had returning characters from the previous movie. Yeah. But, one of them, one of them recast. Yeah. But which what a great fucking recast because, <laughs> because they replaced the guy who plays a crotchety old man. That's usually a cop and everything mm-hmm. with another guy. Who's always just the crotchety old man. And cop oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to check and see if they recast that role or not. Cause I was like, I don't, Seems like the same guy, even though it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I had to actually check. <laughs> yeah, they even kind of talk the same. Yeah, maybe it's just really good acting in this part in this movie by the guy who's trying to play the same character. <laughs> Takes it seriously. If I'm going to take up a role, I have to give throwbacks to who yeah. came before me. Uh, the movie also has uh, Sam Anderson. Yes. Uh, also known as the dude that fucks Forrest Gump's mom. <laughs> also known as just about everything. That guy has been in so much. I clicked on his IMDb while I was watching this movie, and I'm like, what do I know him from? And I'm like, oh, 
all of this, like everything I've ever watched on television in my entire life. Yeah, he is a prolific character actor. And he was on WKRP in Cincinnati, and that show was pretty yeah. popular. Wait, who? Oh, Sam Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the name, the name isn't immediately uh, noticeable, but his face is. It's the newspaper yeah. guy, right? Yeah. 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 See, I know him as the principal at Mike Seaver's school. That's one of the reasons I know him. He was also a lawyer on Angel. That's where I. That's yes. the first thing that came to mind. How does everyone not just go straight to fucked Forrest Gump's mom? Because like, I <laughs> honestly didn't even know he fucked Forrest Gump's mom until you said it. I haven't watched Forrest Gump in like twenty years. Jesus, I'm just saying that's a big movie to fuck somebody's mom in. <laughs> also, uh, what's his face? What was his name on Lost? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, still mad at Lost. So. <laughs> Try to block that out of your memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do get to discover some new uh, critter powers. Um, they kind of forgot that when they eat a lot, they're supposed to get bigger. Yeah, um, that was kind of hinted at in the first movie, but it's really explored more in this movie. And now they can uh, sort of combine together to make a giant critter ball. Well, it's even to make a small one, like like three or four of them, like combined together to make a bigger ball, and then hit it like a fence post, and then all split apart, like dazed. But yeah, awesome. then at the end, they do, uh, they do uh, all the critters form just yeah, a giant critter ball, which is fantastic. Yeah, I love when they roll over that one guy and they just they've eaten <laughs> him as they were going, and there's just a skeleton left. Outstanding. It's like they're they're space piranhas. It's great. Yeah. And isn't there a scene too? Or is it the giant ball, ball, or is it one of the other smaller balls that just knocks into a bunch of people and you get the bowling alley sound effect? Oh yeah, that's a smaller one. <laughs> yeah, a farmer with a pitchfork comes running at it, who you don't really notice at first, but creates the head pin of the uh, triangle of people behind him. Yeah, and just runs into him, knocks everybody over. Oh, yeah, that sound effect is none too subtle. You'll figure out the joke they're going for. Uh, for some reason, the Easter Bunny scene is like one of the ones that will stick in your head fucking forever. Because it's it a guy is, in an Easter Bunny scene getting like eaten from the inside out. No, but but it, it's not that incredibly like graphic, and it's not even one of the best scenes in the movie. There's a ton of stuff in this movie that's so much cooler than the Easter Bunny scene. I don't get why the Easter Bunny scene itself is the thing that, like, when you think Critters 2, you think of the dude in the Easter Bunny costume coming smashing through the window. I think just because there's not many Easter horror movies, so it just automatically, like, burns into your brain. It's just the concept of a guy getting eaten while in an Easter Bunny suit is inherently horrific to children, too. <laughs> I like that he's outside because it's the the uh, the newer sheriff who really does not want to play the Easter Bunny at this egg hunt. But So he's outside in the costume, and this whole time he's been bitching about how he doesn't want to do it. But he puts the costume on, and he's outside hopping when there is no one around to see him. <laughs> it's so it's like somebody's forcing him to hop. But the thing is, like, it's what's weird is it's like the town expects him to do this. But he was just like recently elected sheriff. By the way, not an affront to justice whatsoever to start electing your law enforcement officials. That's not ridiculous. Good job, U.S. Um, 
Yeah, that is but, how it happens. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, he's, they just elected him, and they're like, you gotta do it. It's like, well, they fucking knew who they elected, right? Like, it's not been that long. They can't be that shocked that he doesn't want to be the Easter Bunny. <laughs> What's the fucking problem? I feel like this movie made the town seem much more podunk than it did in the last movie. And I don't know why, because they didn't really show like any of the town in the last movie, but I feel like this is almost like the town from Tremors for some reason. Yeah, it does feel smaller in this. It definitely feels like when they do that kind of overhead shot of like the town square and all the shops around it and that, like that's mm-hmm. that's it. That's the whole town. <laughs> I was gonna say, and the hungry heifer uh jingle does not help it. <laughs> well, that's when I when I was saying I didn't remember anything from this movie. That hungry heifer jingle has popped into my head several times over the past couple of decades, and I have, had no idea where it was coming from until now. It's just been there. Well, the fact that they managed to squeeze it in about five fucking times in the movie, <laughs> and then it like plays over the end credits. I feel like they did it on purpose too. They're like, we're gonna fucking jam this song into these people's brains, and they have no fucking choice but to accept it. It's like, hey, we paid for it. We're gonna use it as much as we can. Yeah, I think when we uh, reviewed this for uh, Drunken Zombie, I used the Hungry Heifer song as the in the outro. Nice. That makes sense. Ooh, uh, any uh, any favorite moments? Uh, besides all, besides of all? all, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the the cheeseburgers they have no bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. I think the attack on the hungry heifer was the highlight of this movie for me. When there's just a bunch of them in there, and they start trying to kill him off, and they throw one of the critters into the fryer, and he comes crawling out with all his fur burned off. And <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that scene because that was just peak ridiculousness for this movie. Uh, yeah, in that same scene, there's a critter whose eyes bulge out of his head when he sees the bounty hunters. Yeah, <laughs> one of them gets. Uh... Oh. A, a close shave with the gun that shoots explosions. <laughs> Turns and, and checks on himself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, checks himself out and says bitch and then just moves on. <laughs> Which, by the way, since one is male pattern baldness bitching, <laughs> why is the critter happy well, about te- that? Technically, he's got a sick skullet. Yeah, he's pulling the Hulk Hogan, bro. Yeah, he is. Or, uh, Maybe in 1988, that was cool. I don't know. <laughs> or uh, Road Warrior Hawk, where he had like the reverse mohawk. Yeah, I can't believe it could be what he was going for. Well, then he would have needed like another critter with matching, with like reverse hair. To make yeah. Full head of hair. <laughs> I feel like uh, since, since they are much more gremlins-like in this movie, maybe they were trying to do the opposite of like Stripe. Where Stripes got the little white mohawk, and we're like, we're just gonna make make this one bald. It's gonna be awesome. Maybe it was just a one second joke in a movie from thirty years ago, and we're thinking about it way too much. <laughs> Which uh, we should mention, uh, Mick Garris's uh, feature film debut as a director. <coughs> so it out of the park. Yeah. So yeah. thusly mentioned, I guess. Yeah. Consider it mentioned. Once again, not on Blu-ray, which is... Calm down. Don't get upset. All right. It's bullshit. 
Bullshit. <laughs> you know what storyline in this movie I actually Does really anybody enjoyed? find Go ahead. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> you cut Doug off. Now he's really salty. I was I was stopping so he could finish. I didn't mean to get it. Oh, no, no, you, right. you go ahead. I was going to say, does, did anybody notice the weird uh, thing? So at the beginning of the movie, when they're coming back to Earth, Charlie and Ugg have a whole conversation about you wouldn't leave me behind on Earth, would you? And at the end, like, <laughs> I totally fucking leaves him behind on Earth. Yeah, but Charlie doesn't even seem to fight it. He's just like, yeah, whatever. That's what I'm gonna, saying. He's super chill. I was going to say, like, that was the point I was going to make was I really like Charlie's storyline in this movie. I like that he sort of like was the loser last movie and he gets to he's had these space adventures now and he comes back and now he gets to be the hero. Yeah, he gets to be uh, a like, badass. Like I re- like I really enjoyed watching Charlie like make a little comeback. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I guess just I find that character very likable and so it's just I know that this is what he would want for himself, so I'm happy to see him get it. <laughs> So, spoiler alert, I'm glad that uh, Charlie doesn't die because we get, you know, there's there's two more. But I kind of feel like it would have been a better ending if Charlie had died. Like, because the I'm a bounty hunter smashing the ship into the giant balls is a pretty fucking awesome way to go. It, it's badass, but it, like having a likable character like him die isn't really suiting the tone of this movie. Yeah, this movie is very lighthearted. Like, like we say, it's basically just a comedy. So, I don't think you want to have a, your your guy who's just made his like big comeback, and everyone finally likes him again, and then he just dies. It's like, yeah, he got his life together, and he's dead. He had his life together for a minute there, though. That was pretty good. I love how Noah said spoiler alert, but then we talked about how Ugg just left him on Earth at the end of the movie. (laughs) I already said spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, Once um, you say it, it carries over. All right. I I didn't hear you the first time, but what (laughs) else? doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's fucking Critters. You should have watched it by now. Yeah, it's like the 30th anniversary of this movie by the time some of the people who are late to the game are listening to this. If you haven't watched Critters yet, I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast. I would say Critters 2, in many ways, is superior to Critters 1, and you don't get that a lot in horror movies. Well, I think it's going to be a matter of opinion. I think it's going to be a case of, like, what tone do you prefer? Mm. And like I, I fully say, I prefer the tone of the first film. I like, I think it does a much better job of walking that horror versus comedy line and being a little bit of both. Whereas this is just a comedy film with horror elements tossed in. Mm-hmm. And they're, again, enjoyed the hell out of both. So I don't know. I wouldn't. It's hard to say that one's better than the other, but personal preference, I would say the first one. Yeah, I think my preference is uh, the second one. But um, I feel like it's okay to go into that comedy tone since we got the more serious tone out of the first one. And by yeah, serious, I, I mean just a little less funny. And so then you're able to uh, um, 
just to make that that little bit of a turn and just make it completely fresh, which I think is great. Yeah, I don't object to them going the more comedic route here. I think, especially because Critters is so good that trying to recapture that would be a mistake, and trying to go like darker and more serious with it probably not going to work too well. So, no. turning into the comedy is about the only way to do it. Uh, I noticed whenever you guys were reading the stuff, uh, you guys did not get into my incredible pinball trivia from this movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Believe it or not, none of us cared. But go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I figured I figured absolutely neither of you would give a rat's ass, but I was really excited. But what is oh, the God. trivia? Because I didn't even read what you wrote. <laughs> oh, in, in the back of uh, Quigley's shop where they, the guy who's keeping the eggs and attempting to sell them as... <laughs> French Easter eggs or something. <laughs> uh, the the pinball machine that is a Captain Card machine is the name of it. And why is that a big deal? It's pretty awesome. It's because it, it's just a cool old school pinball machine. Oh, okay. I'm I'm yeah. really into pinball. To be honest, like you sent a message to the group about pinball, I didn't realize it was connected to the movie, so I didn't really read it. Like I was on this pinball tangent again. <laughs> I never understand what you're saying when you talk about it because just don't have the uh, background knowledge. You don't. You don't have the silver balls. Get back, dog! What are you doing? <laughs> assaulted. Jesus. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else about Critters Two? Uh, if you haven't seen Critters Two, what the fuck, yo? <laughs> Don't go on this tangent where you insult the listeners for not watching movies again. I'm not. I'm not insulting anybody. I'm just genuinely confused. Like it was on TV a lot. Yeah, more. It was on one. TV more than the first one. Well, I do think it's more TV friendly than the first one because of the lighter sure? tone. Even though I think the gore is ramped up a little bit, but it's just it's comedic gore, not horror gore. So. I was going to say, the gore's ramped up, they added nudity, they kind of... I, I would say it's a more adult movie in pretty much every way. Maybe with the exception of language. Because there's no critter yelling, fuck. <laughs> Which is really a letdown. If they were going to do a callback, I wish it had been to that. <laughs> I don't know, I would say... Uh, did we- Go ahead. I was just going to say, similar to the first movie, I think this movie gets a lot of little details right. Like, so we have the the obvious callback is that, uh, well, what's his name? The, the kid is going to go, he's going to look for the little receiver that he was left with mm-hmm. at the end of the previous movie. Mm-hmm. He's searching his grandmother's house for it, and she's got it downstairs because she thinks it's the remote of the TV. <laughs> and those little like jokes where it's like we all know he's going to go get that thing and call the bounty hunters like that's a given right if you're a fan of the series but the fact that his grandmother thinks it's a TV remote is absolutely hilarious and you just have you wonder how many times different bounty hunters have landed on earth just because she's trying to change the channel or turn up the volume or whatever <laughs> like what uh, Christ she's just trying to watch Wheel of Fortune again let's go back to outer space that's how they figured out there's more critters on earth so many bounty hunters kept showing up. Yes, I, I was. Oh yeah, I, 
I was shocked how much this is a direct sequel to the first one with them just being like the first one ended with the eggs in the barn and this one is like yeah remember those eggs in the barn there's our whole new story let's have like the bounty hunters getting sent back because they never finished their job technically because there's still critters there everything kind of just tied in nicely they're if, if I remember right, they all actually tie together pretty good, continuity-wise. The second and the third one kind of jumps a little bit, but... Hmm. I don't know. But, but the third and the fourth are direct. I'm taking your word for that at this point. Like, oh, I, Sorry. I have, I have a lot of memory of that first Critters movie. The sequels, I know I've seen them all, but not recently. Yeah. Um, from my memory, because we covered all four of them on DZ, uh, three and four were I was not too excited about. But yeah, two is awesome, and that's what we're talking about today. So. Exactly, two is awesome. Like I said, I think it's my favorite one. So I was gonna say, I, I do believe we forgot to mention that Lee ends up uh, getting taken out. Pretty yeah. violently by a giant horde of critters. Lured into a back alley. Yeah. <laughs> the critters seem sneakier in this movie than they were in the last movie. Yeah. And, you know, the townsfolk are either can always tell where the critters are or never tell where the critters are, depending on whatever's convenient for the moment. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a mess of them. Where do they all go? What did you guys think of the like plot point where I mean it's, this might be over analytical, but the town is like acting like none of them know that there were critters last time. Mm. I think the town would know that critters were real. Seems like they should. Like they, if nothing else, they saw like enough people saw the body shifting bounty hunters that they should be able to go. Yeah, I guess critters probably real. Those guys that said they were here hunting critters, they were probably hunting something. So it seemed weird to me that the town had kind of swept it under the rug and everybody was acting like they had no idea. That guy that shape shifted right in front of us? Yeah, we were all drunk that day. It's okay. I mean, Neelix got hit. <laughs> he did. Your damn Star, Star Trek references. I almost said Star Wars. That would have got us in big trouble. Oh yeah, From it's eight. the second, the second Star Trek reference. Too many. Did we mention on the last episode that that Grimes, the little redhead boy, is on uh, Orwell? Oh, is he? Yeah, I don't watch it. Yeah, he's he's like the uh, the Sulu guy. <laughs> the... Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So I knew he ended up on ER, but I didn't watch ER, so I didn't really pay attention to what happened to him afterwards. He did, he did all right for himself. Band of Brothers, too, wasn't he? I believe you are correct. Yeah, and he was definitely in this hockey movie called Mystery Alaska that you guys don't care about. But I <laughs> I've seen Mystery Alaska. It's all right. I have not. I think all, all in all, the uh, the Critters franchise did pretty good at uh, launching people. Yeah, it seems like they uh, 
they had a nice combination of some older actors bring him in to kind of like, you know, add that seasoned veteran feel. But then you still have a lot of these young guys that end up being somebody later on. That's what I'm saying. Terrence Mann did all right. Yeah. Grimes did all right. Don, Don Opper should have done better, but he did all right. He ended up being more like a, like a character actor just doing like one-off appearances in TV shows. But yeah. Hey, if you're an actor and you get to actually, that's your job, then you're not allowed to complain. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're doing fucking deodorant commercials for the rest of your life. It's better than having a real job. Uh, I just saw a uh, compilation video called Brian Cranston, King of Commercials. <laughs> it's just a bunch of ads from the 80s that Brian Cranston was in, like Preparation H and like stuff like that. That's hilarious. I thought they were going to be all those weird Japanese commercials or something. Oh, no. This was... Oh shit! My car payments due next month. Commercials. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So high recommend from uh, all three of us. Yeah, definitely. I think that's universal. Mm-hmm. I think this one probably does have a more widespread appeal than even the first one. I think it's people who just want to sit and casually watch a movie can enjoy this one if you're not really a horror fan or whatever. Yeah. I, I would compare it to like Hellraiser 1 and Hellraiser 2. They're both awesome. <laughs> They're just awesome for slightly different reasons. It's a really interesting comparison. <laughs> I get your point, but it's just funny. It's like, yeah, Critters and Critters 2 is like Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. It's like, what? Well, like, like I said, typically 1 and 2, 2 is generally a giant drop-off in quality. I think we can all accept that, except in a few major exceptions. Mm-hmm. This makes me want to go back and listen to the last horror cast where we discussed Critters, because somehow I ended up blurting out the phrase, this movie has significantly less rape than Last House on the Left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why I said it, but I remember one of the listeners edited it onto a poster for us. It was amazing. <laughs> Critters. This movie is significantly <laughs> less raped than Last House on the Left. Take your kids. Uh, uh, that describes almost every movie. Yeah, it's really... You can use it for a lot of things. Except maybe... Uh, I spit on your grave, maybe? I spit, I spit yeah. on your grave. <laughs> this, this movie has the exact same amount of rape as Last <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, no, I liked all the rape in Last House on the Left, so this must be for me. And that's when the police show up to the theater. <laughs> <sighs> all right, uh, Noah, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us why we should enjoy Leprechaun Two? Why you should enjoy Leprechaun Two? Well, uh, just yeah, War- Warwick Davis plus a cameo by Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. Equals good movie. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand how anyone could not like this movie. Brian, <laughs> we're about to get into it. But I feel, I feel like uh, Brian was trying to get a plot description idea. Maybe. Uh, so, Leprechaun Two is about uh, what has to be a different Leprechaun. I accept uh, Doug's argument. Yep. He he has to be a different one. Uh, who 
we get a flashback to his thousandth birthday in which uh, he has a weird slave dude in a magical collar who's trying to escape. And he tells him that if he helps him get a girl for his bride, that he'll let him go. Turns out it's his daughter. uh, Breaks the deal. Gets killed. uh, Leprechaun vows revenge on his next thousandth birthday by apparently marrying this dude's great, 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 great grand niece of some kind, because that'll show him. <laughs> That's not slightly removed at all. <laughs> uh, so that time comes about, Leprechaun pops out, and sets about genuinely causing havoc and trying to bang a blonde girl. Hey, he marries her first. <laughs> He's That's respectful. True love. That's true. Makes, makes an honest woman out of that like seventeen year old girl. <laughs> I, I would say the big difference between this leprechaun and the one from the last leprechaun is clearly this leprechaun is way more powerful. He's more fa- powerful. He's also more mischievous. He seems to enjoy causing shit a little more. Like he doesn't just kill people because they're after his gold. He wants to have fun with it. Although we can tell he's still got the same thing where he loses his shit if somebody takes his fucking gold. Yeah, that's the uh, the common thread between the two leprechauns for sure. Uh, we are exposed to a new weakness, which apparently is wrought iron. Yes. Which is closer closer to like traditional folklore. The, the fairy folk don't like the wrought iron for some reason. Oh. It's also like really convenient how much wrought iron is just all around LA in this movie. <laughs> right. Like everywhere they go, everything is wrought iron. Like, I don't know if I had to find a wrought iron safe right now if I could find one, but in this movie it's just like, oh, we'll just go over to this business happens to have one for all the sweet cash that comes in from the go karting. <laughs> you wrought iron safe for that. Gotta have this for all of our go kart winnings. <laughs> Something else is going on at that business. If they need a safe that size to lock up the daily money. <laughs> I mean, I know it was like, you know, this is 94. So it's before the, uh, maybe before people were using debit and credit so much. And it was still a cash economy. But nevertheless, it's still a go-kart track. <laughs> Unless they're only doing trips to the bank once every six months. They don't need a safe like that. That's why you're not a businessman, Doug. That's... That is, I, I failed to see the opportunity in things like go-karting. Uh, all right. So uh, what, what do you guys think of Leprechaun 2? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just tell you, like, I find, like, Warwick Davis is still Warwick Davis. He's still just as good as he was in the last movie. He's way less frightening in this movie. Again, similar to Critters 2, they have amped up the comedy level a little bit. Uh, not to the same extent, but I, I find him just great. And then I really like the... Is his name Morty? The like old drunk guy that ends up having yeah. to fight the leprechaun a lot. I, I got a kick out of watching him the whole time in this movie. He's just hilarious on screen. And that's, I mean, it's really enough for a low-budget horror film from the 90s. That's kind of all I expect is there's some fun kills. 
there's like the world's worst body double nudity, um, which is <laughs> laughably bad, but hey, I'm laughing, so I'll take it. <laughs> the plot line is just makes just enough sense. We get to see Leprechaun get drunk. Get get uh drank under the table by Morty the uh tour guide. Yeah. The drunken tour guide. We also get to see uh what's his name? I don't know his name and I don't want to refer to him as the little black midget. The Tony dude Cox. from the dude from me, myself and Irene. Yeah. Yes. So, but he he gets some screen time in this movie, which is nice because I believe he might have been like a stunt double on the last movie. <laughs> so it's good to see him get promoted. <laughs> like, look, this guy did a really good job for us last time. We we gotta we gotta bump him up. Give him a couple of lines. Although he he's really not a very good actor, and he gets much better in future <laughs> movies. So he needed some practice, I guess. Hey, you want me gold? Seriously, take it. Also, just I don't care. Don't walk up. Although he does get one of the funniest moments when he goes to like use the urinal, and he's just way too short. <laughs> and he's acting like it's the first time it's ever come across, but obviously he's been dealing with that problem his whole life. And because you have a bar full of small people, they can't help but throw in the one of us reference. Yeah, of course. I love the idea that if any midget gets in a drinking contest, all the other midgets come and like rally around him. He's one of ours. Like that's outstanding. Uh, somehow this one manages to be like more brutal and more exploitative, and yet somehow actually come off like less visceral than the first movie. I don't. I don't really understand how they did that, but they managed to do it. Well, I think it just is one of those things where the tone of the movie is such that you're kind of laughing along with it the whole time. So when there are these more brutal moments, you're just kind of rolling with it. It's kind of like watching almost like a Friday the 13th movie where it's like, yeah, if you take a lot of those kills and just if you just watch them on their own, they look really brutal. But if you watch them in the context of this like giant teenager party, then you're just kind of laughing as it happens. Because fuck those teenagers in their parties. Yeah. Um, we did get to see a guy motorboat a lawnmower, which was kind of cool. That was right. awesome. <laughs> a, a really odd lawnmower. I don't think I've ever seen a lawnmower whose undercarriage looks quite like that. Uh, maybe a bigger lawnmower, like more of an industrial one. Maybe something. This has got the dual blades on it. Yeah, it was. It almost looked like a riding lawnmower, but I don't know how a riding lawnmower would be tipped up the way it was. Uh, leprechaun magic. Oh, that's a good point. That's a really strong point. Did you guys like the Leprechaun's new power of like projecting things like that? And when, was anybody else thinking that Ryan Johnson's a huge Leprechaun two fan? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last Jedi joke for everybody. Yeah, yes, I'm arguing that Leprechaun two is massively influential on <laughs> Star Wars Episode Eight. It clearly had to be. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess he sort of did it in the first one, but it was more like ventriloquism. Yeah. 
but now he can make people like see stuff and uh yeah i don't know i liked it like i said for the for the lawnmower motorboating it was it was worth it i guess um so i guess i get to be the big party pooper but uh yeah i don't know i was not a huge fan of this movie well, see, I, I'm not going to yell at you yet, but <laughs> I would like to hear the explanation as to what it is you didn't like. Um, I don't think I like the main character all that much. The kid? Uh, the kid who's trying to save the girl from getting married to the leprechaun. Yeah, I agree that that kid is a little off. Yeah. And but so he, I, he, he's pretty typical for a 1994 kind of direct video style movie. Sure. And I think that just put me off uh, since I didn't really like him all that much. Um, I just did not enjoy the rest of the movie. I do agree that Warwick Davis is fantastic as usual in this movie. Um, And even some stuff with him being mischievous was good. The whole, I I need to marry this girl or whatever. Like, I just did not really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, but I don't know. It was whatever. It's not like it's the worst thing I've ever seen, but uh, I just did not connect with it nearly as much as I did the first movie. That's upsetting. <laughs> I'm sorry. What about, what about the part where drunk leprechaun has to go to a coffee shop to sober up? <laughs> <laughs> Michael McDonald from Mad TV is there. <laughs> giving him shit for being there drunk. <laughs> I love that in this movie, because it's St. Patrick's Day, somehow the leprechaun can just walk around looking the way he does and everybody's fine with it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's never addressed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no big deal. Just uh, another, another guy in a leprechaun outfit. I do love the fact that in this one, you get to spend way more time, like, because it's basically... I would say 50% leprechaun. They spend more time with the leprechaun than they do with mm-hmm. the, uh, the the stupid people that the leprechaun is going to kill. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Which, which is awesome because you get genuinely good moments of almost, almost character development. I mean, obviously there isn't character development in this type of movie, but But like, you get the moment where she tries to stab him and it turns out like it's it's just one of his leather working awls <laughs> and he's all pissed off cuz his dad gave it to him <laughs> it's just kind of awesome i don't i don't know why that's in the middle of like a murder spree where he's just like that's my favorite awl you bitch <laughs> fuck i just like how petty the leprechaun is it's like he Thinks it's okay for him to murder people, but nobody should ever do anything that mildly inconveniences him. Like somebody says, "God bless you" to a woman after she sneezes, and he takes that as like this personal attack. Like you could have just chosen not to tell that guy how to stop it. That would have just been the easy thing to do. But you feel like you have to, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Everybody just has to play by your rules. That's the only flaw in the Leprechaun's character that I can find. Too giving with the ways to defeat him. Yeah. And just arrogant, I guess. Self-important. And I, I would say so as far as like uh, 
horror movie mythology goes, this movie only really makes one big continuity error if if we say it's clearly a different leprechaun. Well, we do have the leprechaun in the first movie is 600 years old, and this one is 2,000 years old, so yeah. they're different leprechauns. Yeah, except... But if if possessing the leprechaun's gold makes you, like, immune to its attacks, then the fat dude in the first movie should have been all right. <laughs> Technically, he could have been. They just, they just never uh, let the leprechaun get close enough. Well, well, does, doesn't he get his stomach all ripped up there at the end when the leprechaun's trying to go for the gold? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um... But I, I think the series see, establishes see that, that, that... That's why I hate this movie, because the continuity's oh. not. <laughs> what this film establishes is that the rules differ by Leprechaun. So it's a different Leprechaun, a different set of magic, a different set of rules. It's not exactly clear how come the book they find happens to relate directly to this Leprechaun, and not just any Leprechaun, but the rules are just different. Yeah, I know, Really, this movie is in no way, shape, or form a sequel to the movie Leprechaun. It's, it shouldn't no. really be called Leprechaun 2. It should just be called another Leprechaun story or something. <laughs> I, You know what I feel like is missing from the Leprechaun series? A movie that's just called Leprechauns, and it's just Warwick Davis playing like 50 Leprechauns. <laughs> oh my god. Sold. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's just Warwick Davis like interacting with himself. It's it's Warwick Davis's like nutty professor. <laughs> it's just, like there's one fat leprechaun. That'd be amazing. It's like a split screen technology. <laughs> oh wow. I'd have trouble sleeping tonight now thinking about that. Doug's gonna, <laughs> Doug's gonna be sending us a treatment for leprechauns tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm quitting my job and becoming a scriptwriter. <laughs> So guys, I couldn't sleep, so I wrote this 200-page <laughs> script for <laughs> Really elaborate. <laughs> like, but Doug, it doesn't make sense. Why is Leprechaun A feuding with Leprechaun E? It's like, well, you obviously didn't read close enough. It's a metaphor. It's for, it's for, for, <laughs> you guys, it's, it's basically Hamlet with Leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome yeah now I do want to see a movie called Leprechauns that'd be fantastic it would be great too if they all had the different logic such as like some can not touch wrought iron others have to stay away from four leaf clovers so whichever random human character that has to find a way to pit them against each other because obviously nobody can fight all those leprechauns (laughs) has to arm the different leprechauns ugh he makes a four-leaf clover out of wrought iron and just throws it in to see what happens. <laughs> sharpens, sharpens the edges and he's throwing wrought iron <laughs> shamrocks like fucking ninja stars. Genius. <laughs> oh god, I want to see this movie so bad. Some, some dick paints one green so they think it's a normal four-leaf clover because at this point I'm assuming it's wrought iron leprechauns versus four-leaf clover leprechauns in our final battle and so they paint one like the wrong color so that everyone's just like oh it's a four-leaf a regular everyday four-leaf clover and he picks it up but it's really wrought iron and starts burning them. 
Oh, what if someone... All right, so our main character... All right, so this has devolved just into us coming up with a new movie, but just bear with us. So what if the main character makes wrought iron throwing stars in the shape of four-leaf clovers and uses them ninja-style while fighting the leprechauns? The only way I can see that working is if we can find the kid from the first movie and bring him back, and he spent his whole life training... Bruce Wayne style like he's kind of cave under his like little farmhouse where he like <laughs> builds these things and he orders in the parts by the thousands so that nobody will know what he's doing so so you're talking about Corey Feldman from the weird Lost Boy sequels <laughs> yeah sold <laughs> you know if, if you can't get the kid from Leprechaun 1 to play the role just hire Corey Feldman problem solved <laughs> well that problem is solved. We've opened up a whole another can of problems. All new, new problems. First, first of all, the leprechauns would run in fear from his disturbingly smooth face. <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman, quit pulling your face back. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, see, this movie is way better than Leprechaun 2, the one we're coming up with. Well, yeah. <sighs> Somebody call somebody. Why can't why can't we just have a little bit of authority to make something like this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to edit Kevin McAllister into this movie though. <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh, Home Alone versus Leprechaun. That'd be good. Because there could just be a whole series of movies where adult Kevin McAllister is traveling around fighting different monsters. And Macaulay Culkin would probably do it. I don't see why not. Have you seen that he's uh, he sort of embraced the Home Alone thing and uh, actually used it in a indie wrestling match? Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, it's Possibly you sent me that. That's right, I probably did. He was just on uh, Tonight Show talking to uh, Jimmy Fallon about it the other night, so... It got me all excited for that clip again. Man. All of this is so good. <laughs> and that's why we all recommend Leprechaun 2. Uh, tepid recommend for me. Tepid? Only recommending it because we need we need the lore of the wrought iron to work for our Leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that Leprechauns opens with the uh, the shitty imposter Leprechaun from Origins <laughs> coming out, and then Warwick Davis like comes out, and then five more Warwick Davises come out and just like gang murder him, <laughs> like schoolyard stomp him to death. <laughs> like you're in the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. <laughs> that thing. That thing was not a leprechaun, so it does not belong in our leprechauns movie. Let's not speak of it again. Well, he called it the fake leprechaun, so... That's not enough. That's not enough distance between the term leprechaun and that thing. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, once. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched it. I don't I don't hate things this much unless I watch them. I'm, I'm not that guy. If I, if I say I hate something, it's because I watched it and I goddamn hated it. <laughs> Ryan, there's a scene in that movie. I'll, I'll, this will be the only time I'm willing to speak about it. There's a scene in that movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Multiple characters get locked in a car. Okay. I, I want you to think about that for a minute. Okay. How the fuck can you be locked in a car? Mm. 
you know cars have the little thing inside and you just pull it up and now you can get out, right? Yeah, as I say, that shouldn't be very easy. <laughs> like, and they act like that's just okay. Like, does nobody he, addresses that. Does he use his magic to make sure those those little no. locks can't come up? No? No. I don't even know if he has magic because he's not a leprechaun, so why would he? <laughs> Fucking Fair enough. Garbage movie. Uh, I do own it, just because I have the uh, multi-pack. Do yourself a favor and just throw it out now. <laughs> just take the disc and just toss it in the backyard. Yeah, just like open a window and just see how far you can get it to go. <laughs> just like put it, in, like wrap it up in like as a gift and give it to somebody you hate. Put it in a, a, a brown paper bag with dog poop and set it on fire in someone's someone's front door so they just smash it for me. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, we got uh, one piece of feedback. Uh, our friend Brian, who is my mortal enemy, because he spells his name with an I, says, what up, guys? Doug's friend slash Brian's mortal enemy, Brian with an I here. So he said after searching high and low for his copy of Bloodsport, uh, he said his DVD collection is in complete disarray. He finally found it, and goddamn, spelled D-A-M-M-E, it's just the best fucking movie it is in the pantheon of movies such as Shawshank Redemption, Goodfellas, and RoboCop. That no matter what you're doing, and you see it's on, you have to fucking watch it. I love that somebody used the word pantheon in a discussion of <laughs> fucking Bloodsport. Uh, and then listed off like two like Oscar-worthy movies, and then RoboCop, which is just fucking amazing, and now I guess Bloodsport. The thing is, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I see what he's saying there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, um, so he continues, and only 80s action movies have theme songs that were written exclusively for the movie. Commando had it, and so does Bloodsport. That's not really fair, though, because anything Will Smith did in the 90s also had it. <laughs> it's true. Usually he started them, though. Yeah. So- Someday, Brian, with an eye, we will get to do some of the my favoriteest to trauma movies, and they all have bitches. <laughs> uh, um, he continues, but something that has always bothered me, and hopefully I'm not the only one who's ever noticed this, but what in the hell is with the cat meow noise that is constantly going on in the background during the kumite? I've seen this movie a shitload and can never figure it out. So I actually started the count this time and gave up after 30. Maybe you guys or some listeners out there have some insight into this. Um, me and Doug were talking. I have no idea what he's talking about. I've never noticed any cat cat noises during the Kumite. There's a cat meow sound. See? Yeah. See, so we ended up coming up with two theories. One is that 
you need to start asking your cat to leave the room while you watch movies because he's just been there every time you've seen this movie. <laughs> the alternative is that your cat has something wrong with it that makes it sound like Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> so you keep thinking you're hearing cat noises, but really that's just Jean-Claude Van Damme. All right. Yeah. Are are you trying to insinuate that he's not in fact watching Bloodsport? He's just mistaken <laughs> watching his cat act out Bloodsport. <laughs> well, I am now. <laughs> uh, well, I, now I can imagine this Bolo Young running into the room and punching his cat. <laughs> yeah, I said. I wonder if his cat just sounds like. Ay! Yeah. <laughs> that's what his cat sounds like so whenever he's watching Bloodsport it's just like oh it sounds like a cat <laughs> it sounds exactly like what it would be if a cat punched a guy in the nuts <laughs> I've noticed that every time I toss cat toys instead of attacking it it leaps and hurricane kicks it <laughs> I think Jean-Claude Van Tan may be living in my house this entire time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, he says to answer your question about who is the favorite background slash racial stereotype fighter I've got to say yes the monkey monkey style fighter but I also have a soft spot for the dad bod fighter you know the guy Frank Duke's nut punches yep fair enough Um, so he wants to chime in with some movies he's actually caught up with recently um, he says some are based off recommendations from past last horrorcast episodes. Uh, he saw Baskin, which he says is fucked up. He's correct. It is. Yeah. Um, he saw Eels, uh, known in the states as Them, uh, which he says is just amazing. Agreed. Uh, he saw Frontier. Frontieres. Frontier. Frontier, the uh, French uh, extreme movie. And he calls it a Gorehound's wet dream, and he absolutely loved it. Um, he also yeah, saw the. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you like Frontiers, it says more about you than it does about the movie. It's just. <laughs> I also love it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Not a criticism, just an observation. Uh, he also saw this movie you might have heard of called Inside. And I have to agree with Doug on this. Uh, I would put this one on a level of Cannibal Holocaust and Requiem for a Dream, where I only need to see it once or twice. It's honestly one of the most beautiful horror movies I've ever seen, as well as one of the most disturbing. And the funny thing is, I think Frontier, for, for whatever you just said, uh, actually has a higher level of gore Inside is a more personal and visceral level of violence that is truly unnerving. All I know is every horror fan needs to experience Inside at least once. Yeah. That raises the question, has anybody heard about the remake of Inside? I knew it came out, but I never bothered to watch it because why? I can't imagine. I don't know. But I was just curious if anybody else bothered to. No, I haven't. I feel like it's up there with like Martyrs, where you know I I experienced Martyrs the original. Yeah. And now they put out a U.S. remake, 
and it's like, well, that's going to be a lose-lose situation. Because you're going to watch and be like, well, did this get as, as fucked up as Martyrs? Is this going to make me feel depressed? Or are you going to watch it and be like, that wasn't nearly as fucked up as the one that I saw originally? Why aren't I depressed right now? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, eh, that's just a, uh, that's just a lose-lose situation. I'm not even going to waste my time watching the remake. Um, he says he also rewatched Gamer, which I have not seen. I have also not seen Gerard Butler movie. Yeah, I believe it's in my list of things. I had, somebody gave me movies once, and there was a big pile of them, and I was like, eh, I'll get to these one day. And I believe Gamer is in that pile, and I have not gotten to those movies one day. So uh, He says just a fun, a fun, check your brain at the door kind of movie. It's honestly what Gerard Butler does best, to grunt and kill people. Fair enough. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, and finally, he watched Super, the James Gunn movie. Uh, I can't tell you how much I loved that movie. All I'm going to say is if you haven't seen it, and I know Doug has back for the from the horror etc. days, watch it. Hopefully, once James Gunn is done with the Marvel phase, he'll go back to doing some super or do some low budget flicks like Sam Raimi did. I'd I'd be happy to see that. Yeah, if he goes back and does something like super again because that movie is amazing yeah people should see that movie if they haven't i'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast has seen it but you never know um he says uh one last thing i promise uh you guys are always talking about versus movies well if you search <laughs> superpower beatdown on youtube you'll find these pretty kick-ass fan-made videos by bat and the sun productions take pop culture characters like Wolverine, Batman, and even the Power Rangers and fight them to the death. They're well-made, well-choreographed, and someone usually ends up dead. You haven't lived until you've seen Darth Vader duel Batman with lightsabers over the fate of Superman. Sounds ridiculous, I know, but it's pretty awesome. Sorry so long, but maybe this will make for some good conversation. Until next time, Brian. Uh, Have you ever watched any of these videos? Spoiler alert, Darth Vader wins. Okay. I, I wish I hadn't spoiled that. But <laughs> I, I don't know if I've seen any of these. I've definitely watched different Versus videos on YouTube, but I don't know if they were these ones specifically. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're pretty awesome. Uh, that, that The Batman versus uh, Darth Vader one's ridiculously cool. So that might be the one I've seen. And yeah, I think I've seen part of that one. I'm trying to think. There's a Wolverine versus... Uh, I want to say it's Wolverine versus Deadpool or something like that. That's really cool, too. Well, those have actually happened in the comic books. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I might be checking some of those out, though, because I mean, it just sounds fun. Why wouldn't you enjoy watching some of your favorite characters fight each other to the death? Kumite style. Kumite. Kumite. Was that a cat? <laughs> is, that, is that what he thinks? Does he think that the word Kumite sounds like a cat? <laughs> I'll never know. Kumite. I'm trying to think of the last time because he was talking about those movies that like you watch them and you're like, okay, that was good, but I'm never watching that again. Yeah. 
And I'm trying to think of the last, I think the last time I saw one of those was uh, Antichrist. Did you guys ever see Antichrist? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't because I'm scared of it. Jesus Christ, that movie's fucking, I I don't, and it's not the most, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life because I've seen some way worse ones. But there are just a couple fucking scenes in in that that literally made me go ah, and I had to like pause the movie and get up and walk out of the room for a second. Yeah, that's reasonable. That was one I think that I it felt I don't know overly exploitive, where I was just like, yeah, that's why are you doing this stuff? You know, I, I didn't feel like it. Or I guess maybe I felt like they thought they were putting some meaning behind it that I just wasn't getting. So for me, it just didn't really work. I was just like, I'm, I'm all those feelings of upset and disturbed. I am, but I'm not impressed with the filmmaking the way I am. Like when when I watched Last House of the Left or Cannibal Holocaust or something like that, and I do go like, yeah, I see what you're doing here. It's difficult to watch, but it's supposed to be. You know, I, I get that. Antichrist did not work for me. It has been a while, so maybe I should watch it again sometime. I feel like somebody watched a bunch of German gore porn. And said, you know what? I bet I could do an art house version of this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so I guess I, I guess we agree. I just don't yeah. know it, whether you want to see that or not. Yeah. I I honestly I went into that one completely blind. Which man, I wish I had not gone into that completely blind. <laughs> <laughs> When she hits him with the log, it was almost too much. I was like, oh, no! <laughs> uh, to make the mistake of being like, hey, Mom, I heard this Antichrist movie's really good. We should watch it. Oh. Ugh. Yeah, if you're going to watch Antichrist, watch it alone. <laughs> because it will taint your relationship with the person that you fucking watch it with. It'll never wow. be the same again. Yeah, that's why I watched Cannibal Holocaust by myself. I'm just like, I don't think I could I could subject anybody else in this house to this. A lot of those types of movies, I find it's you're better off by yourself. Yeah, there are like it's almost like if people want to get together and hang out and watch Cannibal Holocaust, those aren't people I want to be around. No, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the wrong one to pick, just because, man, I really love fucking Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> I, I know everybody, it, a lot of people think it's, like, too gross and stuff. Man, it's awesome. That is the fucking, that is the the bee's knees of exploitation cannibal filmmaking. My biggest yeah. complaint with Cannibal Holocaust is just that everything is too real looking. Like, which is a compliment, I guess, to the filmmakers, well, but it's just I can't have fun watching something that looks like that much like they're really killing people. I was gonna say with how horrific everything is in the movie. I was gonna say they're not really killing people, but man, they're really killing all those animals. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why. That's, I, that's why I don't. I don't like. That's it. really real, real. I, I don't agree with that. Um, I wish they hadn't done that. I also don't necessarily agree with edits of the movie coming out with that stuff taken out of it. No. To me, that's kind of letting the filmmakers off the hook, you know? Yeah, yeah. sanitize things. 
Yeah, I'd rather just not watch it than, than there be like an edited version. I'd be curious almost to watch the edited version once just because it might make me more upset with the filmmakers because they'd be like, well, that didn't really change much because <laughs> I don't think it would. But you're like, well, then why should you kill those poor innocent animals? Especially the turtle. Yeah. I feel like the see, I feel like the cannibal Holocaust, I have to show it to other people because otherwise I have that Blu-ray just for me. <laughs> <laughs> And somehow that's so much worse. That's that makes me so much of a worse person. I did loan it to a non-movie geek once who was just oh. like, he was just like, "What's the most fucked up movie you've ever seen?" Like, just the most fucked. And I'm like, you know what? And Bob goes pretty bad. <laughs> but since we're since we won't be friends anymore by tomorrow, just mail this back to me when you're done with it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, don't ever ask a film fan that question. He stopped asking. Uh, stop talking to you. Was it a work friend? No. Oh, that'd be even better. You still have to see him, but he won't make eye contact and just rushes past you. I feel like the worst thing is whenever people ask me that question, I need them to specify. I'm like, what do you mean by fucked up? Like, are you talking about, like, gross or disturbing? Yeah. Do you want do you want nightmares or do you want something that will like scar your soul? <laughs> do you want a real snuff film? Because I know a guy. <laughs> Just saying, there's a big difference between like Cannibal Holocaust and A Hundred Days of Sodom and <laughs> Yeah. Well there's always movies like The Road too, which are just they're not it's not that the violence is so visceral or whatever, but they're just so depressing that it's like soul crushing. Like, I don't want to watch that movie by myself because, like, I want somebody else to be there to cheer me up when it's over. <laughs> which Which one's more depressing, Requiem for a Dream or The Road? I've still never seen Requiem, so I can't. I can't answer. Yeah, that. I. You've never I seen Requiem for a Dream, man. That's yeah, a good. That is a good movie that will just hurt your insides. <laughs> That's I why should, I don't watch it. I should rewatch that sometime. I haven't seen it since it was new, so I can't comment on it. Ass ass. That's the big takeaway. <laughs> So now I, now I feel dirty. So has anybody watched anything since last episode? Very little. What did you watch? Uh, so I told you guys I finally finished getting through the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So now I'm watching the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> because I I started it. So. We're, we're oh, on Jesus. this train till the end season. Uh, some episodes are much better than I remember. Some episodes are much worse than I remember. <laughs> been a long time. Is Tasha Yar bit yet? Uh, not yet. Although that one's coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, I remember that one creeping me out just because it's like the oil monster thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the like liquid hate or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, then I, that's pretty much the only thing I managed to watch all the way through because 
my afternoon that I have for like set aside for me to like just chill and watch movies, my fucking internet connection was being spotty and I would start something and it would play for five minutes and then freeze over and over and over like Oh no. It's always like we're done. We're done here. No more. Because I was trying to rewatch uh, the fuck um, the documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I'll never sleep again. Yeah, never sleep again. And like I said, it was just freezing every three seconds, and I was like, "Fuck, fuck it, damn it!" <laughs> and, and tapped out. And so that's, that's all. Things with all this modern technology is it's great when it works, but your internet yeah. connection goes down now, and you can't watch movies, and you're like, "But." I used to be able to watch movies like as long as there was electricity. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? Is I have a pile, a a literal pile of really really good movies that I have not watched yet. Mm-hmm. And I could have just went and got one of those and watched it. And instead, I was like, "No, I wanted to watch <laughs> this thing." <laughs> and the internet has ruined it. No, it's just stomping his feet, running around the house. <laughs> Uh, following the funny thing is that happened to me last week when I had to watch Critters for the show because I have Critters on my uh, Voodoo account so I went to uh, start it and my Xbox is acting all stupid so I was like what the fuck so of course I like restart it and everything and then it won't connect to the uh, the Xbox service or whatever so I look on Twitter and they were having like Xbox itself was having issues. And I'm sitting there like, son of a bitch, they're going to make me walk back to my office, grab the DVD off the shelf, make me put it in the Xbox and watch it. I can't just stream it on my Xbox. And I felt uh very first world problem that day. It's amazing how upset you can get about nothing. <laughs> Like those sons of bitches. <sighs> so you get to watch nothing, nothing, Noah. No, that's that's pretty much it. What about you, Doug? Our our uh, week got cut short because of Doug, <laughs> and, and Noah. Yeah, actually, I tried to make the week longer. No, you could add seven. <laughs> so, so what? So what you're saying is you moved it from the regular day, and because I didn't have the day that we don't record on free. <laughs> yes, correct. I'm holding you accountable. <laughs> this is all your fault, Noah. Okay, Man, all good. it worked fine. out. It worked out. So, what do you got, Doug? Uh, let's see. Well, remember last week I was trying to figure out how to see the shape of water. Member, yeah. Turns out the one day that I didn't have a kid, the local art house theater was not open for some reason. Uh, I don't know the reason. Did <laughs> so you burn also, it down? Oh, I want it to still be there next time. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, instead I ended up seeing Game Night. Oh yeah, which is a comedy film about people playing game nights. Uh, it's much darker than that. It involves a whole lot of kidnapping and murder and stuff, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, a, I had a good time watching it. Really, really good performance from Jesse Plemons. Yes. He like, was fantastic. Yeah, he's like he's very different from other stuff I've seen him do, like Breaking Bad and stuff, and he's just mm-hmm. really strong comedic performance, and that guy really liked him a lot. 
So yeah, if, if anybody's yeah. watched the uh, current season of Black Mirror, he's the uh, the the main actor in the Star Trek episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was such a weird performance. It was just it's but it's so good. Yeah. He plays the creepy neighbor for people who haven't seen it. He's just the creepy neighbor who's always trying to engage them in conversation. And we've all had that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps wanting to be invited to game night and they never invite him. Yeah. It's like, hey, you having game night tonight? And they're like, Oh no, I think we're just uh just gonna watch a movie. And of course he has to point out three bags of scoops uh yeah yep sure is <laughs> they just walk inside that's the best no because they go there was a deal on that uh, three oh, for yeah, one I guess three three for one how could that possibly be profitable <laughs> if the Frito-Lay Corporation <laughs> and then like the Jason Bateman character Bateman's like really good at these comedy roles and he's just yeah. like I don't know how corporations do it man he walks away and then <laughs> we get a great like there's a great call back to that moment at the end of the movie I guess this is a minor spoiler but we find out that he's been like Jesse Plemons is his character is a cop we find out he's been like investigating game night to try to f- prove that they're having game nights without him <laughs> and he's got like a letter from the Frito-Lay Corporation confirming that they never do three for one deals <laughs> it's hilarious uh, yeah it's so good I mean it's one of those like as soon as we saw the trailer and me and the wife are big fans of uh <laughs> just jason bateman's weird sarcastic humor yeah so we're like yeah that's probably a movie for us the uh because the whole thing is yeah there uh jason bateman's brother is back in town and he set up like one of those interactive like it's not a game it's like an experience so he's like we're gonna come over two people are gonna come in and kidnap one of us we have to figure out the clues to go find them and so they so some, but two people really do show up and beat the living shit out of Jason Bateman's brother but they think it's fake so Jason Bateman's while, while he's being like thrown through windows and shit it's just like oh guys you gotta try this cheese and he just keeps like slicing it and telling him to hand it out to people there's a lot of moments like that there's a moment later on when they're like in the bar setting and they've caught up to the the kidnappers, but they still think it's fake. So it's Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams plays his wife or whatever girlfriend, mm-hmm. wife doesn't matter. Wife, yeah. um, but so she's like, she's got a gun that she assumes is a fake gun, and she's <laughs> dancing around a fucking semi-charmed life, <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to sing along. But like the rest of us, she doesn't know the words. <laughs> and the guys that like are being held captive who know it's a real gun are like scared shitless that that thing is going to go off, and at one point she drops it. <laughs> Yeah, she's like using it for a microphone, like singing, and and then she wants the other guys to sing, so she puts the barrel like right up against their mouth, and they're just like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, a lot of really funny moments in the movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely just I just want to eat some popcorn and just laugh my ass off. There's, there's no other, yeah. no other uh, meaning behind it, which is perfectly fine. I did have a fun moment in the middle of it because Michael C. Hall shows up. Oh, yeah. And I got like super happy to see him. And then something went off in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, I guess I forgive him for those last couple of seasons of Dexter. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. Well, I mean, I'm never going to watch those again, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, someone, someone on Facebook the other day posted 
Um, something like, hey guys, guess what? Dexter's still a lumberjack and it still pisses me off. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. The what thing the about bullshit? the thing about that show is people get so upset about that final episode. I'm like, no, it's like two final seasons that are bad. Uh, and it's like it is atrocious the way they ended that show. They just really right. shit the bed. And it's like that final episode is like like I'm not defending it, but it's like it suits what was going on for those couple of years leading up to it, and I don't care. And it's just like, I, I was so mad. I'm like, they set that show up to end perfectly. You had all these different characters in place that could have just been like, mm-hmm. you could have had a great series finale. Yeah. You had that whole final season be about them figuring out the truth and everything. You could have easily done all that, and they just shit the bed. Yeah. I mean, if people don't recall or had, didn't watch it, the whole show was about him working for this police department. And there's literally like a scene, like in the final series season, where he's just like at a crime scene, just walks up to his boss and goes, "Yeah, I, I'm not going to do this anymore." And they go, "Okay." <laughs> and then that's it. And then it's just so this whole thing is like seven year show about him working for this police department, and he quits in like the background of other shit happening on screen (laughs) and nobody cares. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Um, did you ever watch Dexter? uh, Did you ever watch Dexter? Noah? Uh, I watched like the first three seasons. Oh, so you missed, you you fell one short because four is one short. Four is the, the top of the mountain on the roller coaster. Cause John Lithgow is amazing as, as a serial killer. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to uh, go back to it and watch the rest of it, but uh, watch. Uh, start it over. Watch the first four seasons, and then pretend like the last episode of season four. You're like, man, they really, they really packed a punch in their in their series finale because there's never any more seasons after this. <laughs> and then, and then that that should be the end of it because. It takes a nice slow slide into a big old yeah. shit pool. You, if you really love it, you can watch seasons five and maybe six. They're still okay. They're not. They're not what season four was. No, but season four is amazing. Like they should have just wrapped it up. Like they should have looked at that season and just been like, you know what, guys, this is it. Not going to be as good as this. Yeah, Let's John Lithgow shoot- was so fucking good. Let's just shoot a quick little scene for the very end of the episode that will wrap everything up, and then uh, we'll be done. Because, man, they, they squandered that, like, goodwill from Season 4 pretty pretty quickly in Season 5. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Now, now I'm just angry thinking about it. You haven't forgiven Lost, I haven't forgiven Dexter. Lost was way worse. I can't argue that. Yeah, anyways. I did start watching another TV show that might drastically disappoint me. <laughs> okay. I um, finally, I'm, I'm way behind the eight ball on this, but I finally started watching the Fargo TV show. Oh yeah. And I am absolutely loving it. I'm only a few episodes in because of our shortened uh, recording schedule, but I, I honestly figured if we had a week between the shows that I'd be talking about the whole first season because it's fucking great. Yeah. And I love, I just 
so where I'm at, I'll try not to spoil it for people who haven't seen it because I highly recommend it if you're a fan of like Coen's Brothers movies in general or Fargo specifically. But the reveal just came that explains how the show connects back to the original movie. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, and it's like, I don't know if it's going to be important or not because as of right now, it could just be an Easter egg that you know offers some context for those of us who are fans of the original movie, or mm. it could be a major plot point. I don't have that answer. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was confused. I mean, I don't know. Not confused, I guess. But I didn't know what the show was when I first watched it. As in, I'm like, okay, are they remaking Fargo as a TV show? Is this, you know... Because the main character is like a female cop. Yeah. So I could be like, okay, well, this is supposed to be, you know so-and-so, I guess, and we're just going to follow her. She'll probably be the main character throughout the entire run of the series or whatever. And maybe we'll get to, like, what the movie Fargo was. But then, yeah, there's, like, other stuff that you're just like, oh, that's what this is, and it makes it, like, so much better. Yeah. Season two's pretty good, too. Okay. Um, uh, Not a spoiler, but it takes place in the 70s. Oh, neat. So it seems like the Fargo brand for the TV show is just like an anthology series. We're just going to tell different stories that take place in this area. And there will be crossover characters. Like there are characters in the 70s version that when you get done with this season and you start it, you'll be like, oh, this is younger versions of, you know, all these people and stuff. And uh, so they're doing a really good job. They still have season three on my DVR. We haven't watched it yet. Just yeah. because we had so much shit to watch that we got behind on it. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, I had a little bit of a spoiler going in knowing that it was the same universe, so I mm. didn't. But I mean, I love... I just love the, the acting in it and the atmosphere. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton is such an evil prick in it. <laughs> He's so good. You know what I'm finding really likable too is uh, Colin Hanks' character. And I'm, yeah. hoping, I'm hoping things go horribly wrong for him because it feels like that's what should happen to that character in a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> <sighs> did you ever watch the Fargo show, Noah? I did not. Oh, I should give it a shot. I think you'd really like it. It's got uh, what's his face? Who's just a Black Panther? Uh, Martin Freeman. He's really good in it too. Yeah, he's like. Uh, I mean, if you had to make his comparisons, you've seen the movie, haven't you? Uh, not in a really, 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 really long time. Okay. Well, I mean, if you had to compare it to the movie, he's essentially sort of like the uh, William H Macy character, just okay. as like a. You know, comparison point. So you kind of follow him throughout most of the movie, but then just yeah, shit just happens. Like, yeah, it's fantastic. I would definitely recommend it to check it out. Yeah, I might have the rest of the season watched by the next time we speak. So I would assume so because I think there are only twelve episodes, something like that. Yeah, so I never really nine, checked. So you got nine more. You can bust that out in a week and a half. Yeah. We'll see. I get distracted easy. 
Uh, did you watch anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. I watched two things. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but I finished the first season of Slasher. Right. Um, it's okay. I think the reveal, because, I mean, obviously with a title like Slasher, there's either two things going on, which is someone in the show is the titular Slasher, and then they're going to reveal who it is, or you know from the very start who it is, as in, you know, it's not a secret. Um, but with this specific show, it's somebody's a slasher. Who is it? And I think the reveal is kind of dumb. It makes no sense. Like once it's revealed to the audience and not to anybody else who it is, like their demeanor completely changes. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like the only reason they're acting different is because now we know. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything for the characters in the show. So why would they be acting different? Yeah, I don't know. It was not a good reveal. Overall, I didn't mind the show. Just that aspect of it in the last couple episodes really bummed me out. Uh, Yeah, I I found when I was watching the show that just... It's hard to describe it, but it kind of lacked quality. And Mm -hmm. it seems like that's what you're saying here is like they just kind of dropped the ball on that issue and that's a problem yeah uh i did start the next season which i think is uh uh been a lot of fun so far because it's sort of one of those slashers that i kind of like um so it's about a group of uh i don't know i I, flashes flashes back between present day and five years prior so they start out as a bunch of like uh, counselors at a camp, and then uh, one counselor does something to somebody else, and so they decide to um, teach her a lesson, as it were. Uh, but of course, something goes horribly, horribly wrong, and uh, it's not nearly a spoiler because the first five minutes they tell you in the show, but she ends up uh, dead. And so they all decide to hide the body. And then it fast forwards like five years later. And the land that the camp was on is being sold to some uh, some company to like build like a mall or something ridiculous. And so they decide they need to go move the bodies because if they start, uh, you know, digging shit up that they're going to find it. Uh but then, of course, when they go up to this wooded area, uh, they all start getting picked off one by one. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that sort of we left somebody for dead, but now we're all getting picked off one by one and we don't know what's happening. A little uh, I know what you did last summerish, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like those stories. So this one I've I'm about three episodes in and uh, I've been enjoying it so far um i'm hoping it doesn't shit the bed like this last one did but uh yeah it's got me uh interested so far that sounds fun yeah yeah anytime you tell me that premise it's uh it's a lot of fun um oh and it's yeah they're going back to this old summer camp in the winter too which i think is a neat like juxtaposition of when they're jumping back and forth. So, I'm interested to see how it turns out. 
Uh, and then the other thing I watched was Brawl and Cell Block 99. Right. right. Have uh, Has anybody else watched it? Yeah, I talked about it a while ago on the show. Yeah, I thought you did. I couldn't remember if you did or not, though. I thought I've maybe I was going to remember. But I haven't watched it. Uh, you have heard very good things about it because this is a very awesome movie. Uh, yeah, so Vince Vaughn, uh, I don't know, just this big old dude that ends up uh, having no other recourse but to run drugs for this local, uh, I guess, mob guy. He doesn't come off as a mob guy, though, but super wealthy and just, you know, has uh, business dealings. And then uh, shit happens. Vince Vaughn ends up in jail. <laughs> they just told, if you do not kill this guy in a separate prison, then we're going to kill your pregnant wife. And so then it's all about Vince, Vince Vaughn trying to get to this other prison so he can find this guy and you know kill him before they kill his wife. Uh, made by the same guy that made Bone Tomahawk, and I was a big fan of that movie too. And... Uh, yeah, just absolutely loved it. I thought I really liked Vince Vaughn's like uh, portrayal of this guy. Just not like a ton of emotion, just kind of straightforward about everything. Um, but man, like he, when he does damage to people, he just fucks people up, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, the violence in the movie is really good. Yeah, and that's kind of the point. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah, this will entice you. <laughs> Towards the beginning, you, do you remember the level from Street Fighter 2 where you just have to beat up a car and then you get points and then that level's over? Yep. Vince Vaughn does that in this movie <laughs> <laughs> with his bare hands. <laughs> does, does he yell Shurayukin the whole time he does no, it? He does He's it. very silent the whole time. Yeah, very silent. Just you see the anger in his eyes, but he's not uh, not expressing it any other way than beating the living shit out of a car. It's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, just absolutely loved it. I love the tone of the movie. It's a very quiet movie, but then when shit happens, it's like holy fuck! Like they go full balls to the wall with it. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm uh, a very big fan of this movie. And it's I'm on, glad you liked uh, it. It's on Amazon Prime right now, Noah, so you should go check it out. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the tone. I love the look. It's got a very washed-out look to it. I think someone uh, described it to me as like a very... Uh, they said grindhouse but I don't know if that's the right word. It's just It feels like a late 70s, early 80s, like... Um, I don't even want to say revenge film, but just I don't know, just one of those like quiet films, like uh, like a prison movie, because yeah. the plot's pretty much the same. He has to go into a prison to find this guy and kill him, otherwise his wife's gonna get cut up. So, yeah, he did a great job of it. Absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see what this dude's up to next, since I've loved his last two movies. So. Big recommend for me. Yeah, I recommended it as well when I watched it. So, mm. 
Uh, you get to see Don Johnson as an asshole uh, prison warden. You could end that at you get to see Don Johnson. That usually is enough. <laughs> That's true. Oh, shit. All right, so his next movie is called Dragged Across Concrete, and it's starring Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. All right. Uh, And it says, once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their just due. Sold. Yep. That's that's enough for me. I wouldn't normally have wanted to see Vince Vaughn do anything other than comedy, but mm-hmm. based on that last movie, it's like I'm down. Oh fuck, Michael J. White's in it too, and Don Johnson comes back. Oh, and uh, no, we should mention Udo Kier is in the movie, and will also be in this movie. Well, that helps a little. <laughs> a little bit, Udo Kier. Little Udo. I was going to say, my problem is that trying to sell me on that second movie, and, and I'm sure maybe this movie will turn it around, but I'm not a Vince Vaughn fan. Mm. And I'm not a old uh, racist Mel Gibson fan. Well, nobody really is. But... I miss I miss young Mel Gibson. I know. Yeah. But he may be just be playing a gigantic asshole, so maybe that'll help his character just comes naturally to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely give uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 a shot, though, Noah. Even with uh, your question questions about Vince Vaughn, I think he's awesome in this movie. So. Like I said, pretty pretty much everyone whose uh, opinion about movies I respect has said that it's fucking awesome and I should yeah. see it. So. Yeah. So... I recommend Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So, next week, since we did a uh, focus on the uh, the work of making props uh, for this episode, we decided next episode we should, you know, the Oscars just happened. It's nice to focus on, like, lesser, I don't want to say lesser, but less... Uh, Let's talk about professions in the film world, I guess. And uh, usually when you hear about makeup, it's all about sort of the prosthetics and stuff like that. But what about the people that just do, like, the actor's makeup? Makes them look good for the camera. Makes Brad Pitt look all dreamy and stuff. And so we decided to focus on the uh, makeup artists for the next episode. Give give somebody... uh, a spotlight since they don't get in the spotlight that often. So we're checking out the uh, work of Christina Criswell, who has done a lot of uh, makeup jobs on a bunch of movies. Um, she did uh, The Glass House, that sort of uh, indie suspense movie from like 2001 with uh, like Lily Sobieski. Oh, yeah. whatever, whatever happened to Lily Sobieski? That's a really good question. She was like all over the place, and now she's just. He's vanished. So, no. We should do a Lily Sobieski show if we can find movies that she's in. Uh, Joyride. I actually yeah. like Joyride. I think it holds up pretty well, too. I think she was in Eyes Wide Shut. 
Yes. <laughs> and she plays like like a little kid doing stuff that a little kid shouldn't do. I don't think we should watch that. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so she's also worked in some TV that uh, Fred Savage show working. Did anybody ever watch that? It's actually pretty funny. It got canceled right away. Don't think I ever saw it. Uh, she did some work on Beverly Hills Down to 210. Uh, but we're going to be focusing on some of her uh, her uh, on the big screen work, her movie work. Um, so we looked at her list of movies. Almost pick uh, Jury Duty, the Polly Shore movie. But we decided to pass on that. And we're going to be checking out uh, 1991's Critters 3. And then uh, 1995's Leprechaun 3. It's hard to narrow down. She's got really good, uh, really good uh, stuff on her resume. But yeah, when you told me that's what you wanted to, you, that's who you wanted to focus on next week, and you showed me the MTV, I'm like, mm, you pick. <laughs> so it was tough. It was tough. Uh, we almost, I mean, it was almost like I said between Jury Duty and like Norma Jean of Maryland, the the Marilyn Monroe TV movie. But we decided these these were probably a better choice. Fair enough. More genre friendly, I guess. Yeah, it more fits the uh, theme of our uh, podcast, I guess. Um, so you excited next week, Noah? Critters three, Leprechaun three. Oh, I am. Uh, young Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> In- yeah, I- I couldn't remember if uh, Leprechaun 3 was in the hood yet. I couldn't remember where that one fell in the Leprechaun franchise. Uh, I will give you a hint. Uh, The Leprechaun hangs out with Elvis for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have an Oscar winner in Critters 3. And then Elvis, fake Elvis, in the uh, Leprechaun 3. You don't know if it's fake Elvis. That's maybe, true. Maybe maybe real Elvis is alive and well and making his living as an Elvis impersonator. You never know. Yeah, it could be a Bubba Hotep uh, situation. Which uh, you guys, you guys, fans Bubba Hotep? Oh, of course, yeah. Who isn't? Well, uh, Randy isn't. Um, so I just spent like you know eight years with him on Drunken Zombie talking about how much he doesn't like Bubba Hotep. And I told him he was a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he is. I'm a little sad that the sequel has never got made. Me too. Yeah, but um, Joe Lansdow did do the uh, the uh, novel sequel. Yeah, I don't want to know about novel sequels. That's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, you gonna read? That's bullshit. Well, no, I just look. I'm fine with people having like the same character show up in a different medium or whatever, but don't be like, oh, it's the sequel. And it's just like, no, your comics and your novels are not part of the movie universe. They're a separate thing. <laughs> it's annoying to me. Uh, well, I think he only credits it that because the movie never got made. I guess. It's all right. You can let out your hate for Joe Lansdale if you want. <laughs> His name I didn't know until... I still don't know it right now. <laughs> yeah, if you watch the uh, special features for Bubba Hotep, uh, um, what the fuck's his name? The the director. I'm blanking on it for some reason. 
Really? No help, guys? No, I don't believe in being helpful. I got no idea. Uh, did Phantasm. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is his name? Phantasm, what's that? I fucking hate you. <laughs> I, I love Phantasm. I have no idea who directed it. God damn it, you're actually going to make me look it up on IMDb. <laughs> uh, Don Coscarelli, god damn it. Uh, for some reason I was thinking it began with a C and I was wrong. Last name started with the C. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about he was in a bookstore, like I think a used bookstore, and it was just a collection of Jorah Lansdale's uh, short stories. And he said he read the description of uh, and El- Elvis and uh, a guy who thinks he's JFK at a retirement home fed a mummy. And he's like, well, now I have to buy this book. And after I read it, I have to buy these movie rights. Because how could you not make a movie about Elvis and JFK fighting a mummy in a retirement home? A mummy who sucks people's soul out of their butthole. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. We need to do a Bubba Hotep episode sometime. I haven't seen it in a long time. I know you guys will be shocked, but I do have the Scream Factory Blu-ray release they put out of it. Why don't you just provide us with a list of Scream Factory Blu-rays that you don't own? <laughs> well, today that list got shorter because they have a 57% off sale. Um, and I guess technically those aren't Scream Factory. They're just Shelf Factory. But I did get the Bill and Ted collection for half off. Yeah. so You got to get those upgraded to Blu-ray because of all the stunning visuals. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.